Good morning, and welcome to 5 at 8. It's Saturday, February 24th, 2024, and with me here is Linda Carlisle. I'm Mark Overman, and here are the day's top stories. In this episode, we'll talk about the discovery of a new species of snake in the Amazon rainforest, the meeting between the Swedish and Hungarian prime ministers, the story of a Ukrainian soldier held as a prisoner of war by Russia, the exploitation of donkeys in Africa for traditional medicine, and the use of AI to create fake audio of President Biden for a robocall in New Hampshire. Story number one. Scientists discovered a new species of snake, the northern green anaconda, rumored to be the largest in the world during an expedition in the Amazon rainforest. The team found these giant snakes, with one female measuring 6.3 meters long. The discovery was made while filming for a National Geographic series. The newly identified species diverged from the southern green anaconda almost 10 million years ago. Experts warn that deforestation and other threats in the Amazon are endangering rare species like the anacondas. According to CNN, this groundbreaking discovery sheds light on the importance of conservation efforts in the Amazon. Who would have guessed, right? Another anaconda species discovered, and in the Amazon no less. It's like you blink and there's a new species popping up. But what really got me was that these snakes are rumored to be the biggest in existence. I mean, one specimen measured almost 21 feet long. That's longer than a pickup truck. It's astounding how much biodiversity exists in the Amazon. This discovery is a testament to that. However, it's not just about the size, but the genetic difference that's intriguing. These northern green anacondas diverged from their southern green counterparts almost 10 million years ago. The genetic difference is around 5.5% which is more than double the difference between humans and chimpanzees. Can you imagine that? Astounding indeed, Linda. It puts into perspective the vastness of life forms that we're yet to fully understand. But the flip side of this discovery is the threat these anacondas face due to rampant deforestation. The Amazon basin has lost about 20-31% of its habitat. That's a concern not just for the new anaconda species, but for countless others that call the Amazon home. Yes. Yes. Deforestation is indeed a pressing issue. The loss of habitat threatens not only the biodiversity of the region, but also the health of our planet. These anacondas, like many other species, exist in such rare ecosystems that their loss could signal a significant blow to the balance of our natural world. Couldn't agree more, Linda. Not to forget the role of indigenous communities in these discoveries. The Waorani people invited the team to observe these anacondas. It underscores the importance of local knowledge in scientific discoveries. And the fact that these findings were captured during a National Geographic expedition? It's going to be a real eye-opener for folks around the globe about the rich biodiversity we stand to lose. Such media exposure can play a crucial role in raising global awareness. It's a stark reminder that every species found brings us one step closer to understanding our planet's biodiversity. And every species lost due to deforestation or climate change is a step away from that understanding and a loss for us all. Story number two. In a report from CNN, Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson meets with Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban in Budapest to discuss Hungary's approval of Sweden's NATO bid. Orban announces the purchase of four fighter jets from Sweden to strengthen Hungary's military capabilities. The Hungarian parliament will vote on ratification on Monday. Finland recently joined NATO, doubling the alliance's border with Russia. Turkey initially objected to Sweden's accession, but later approved it. 
Orban, known for his ties to Putin, had stalled Sweden's bid but now appears to support it. Could this be a new beginning for Sweden, huh? Their NATO bid has been stuck in the mud for a while, so this news is a breath of fresh air. Viktor Orban from Hungary, who was previously stalling Sweden's bid, now seems to be on board. And let's not forget, Hungary's parliament will vote on this ratification on Monday. It's like they say, better late than never. Yes, it certainly seems like a turning point, Mark. But we should remember that this decision doesn't take place in a vacuum. The invasion of Ukraine by Russia has shifted a lot of geopolitical alliances and perspectives. Sweden and Finland's decision to apply for NATO membership is a clear response to this threat. It's a complex issue, and we need to tread carefully when discussing it. And that's the beauty of global politics, ain't it? It's like a game of chess. You've got to anticipate your opponent's moves. Hungary buying those fighter jets from Sweden? I mean, that's a clear signal to the rest of NATO that they're ready to step up their game and contribute more to the alliance. Indeed. But let's not forget about Turkey's role in this situation. The objection from President Erdogan was a major hurdle for Sweden's bid. It raises questions about how each country's individual politics and security concerns can impact the broader alliance. These dynamics within NATO are equally important to acknowledge and understand. Yeah, you're right, Linda. Each country brings its own bag of issues to the table. It isn't just about military might or economic power. It's also about the relationships between countries, their leaders, and how they perceive threats. Orban's alleged closeness to Putin, for instance, has raised quite a few eyebrows. These things matter. It's essential to consider these complexities when analyzing international relations. And it's not just about the present. We have to remember the historical contexts that have led us here. This issue with NATO, Sweden, Hungary, and Russia is a perfect example of how past decisions and alliances can influence the present. It's a reminder that in the realm of international politics, everything is interconnected. Story number three. In a report from CNN, Oleksandr, a Ukrainian soldier, was held as a prisoner of war by Russia for more than four months in 2022. He survived the siege of the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol and has returned to the front lines to train new recruits. Oleksandr reflects on the challenges faced by Ukraine in the ongoing war and emphasizes the importance of mastering fear in combat. Despite setbacks and doubts about Western aid, he remains committed to the fight for freedom and hopes for a peaceful future for his son. So, Linda, this story of Oleksandr's experiences in the Ukraine-Russia conflict is heart-wrenching. It's a stark reminder of the human cost of war, isn't it? The physical and psychological toll on individuals like Oleksandr is immense. Warfare essentially thrusts ordinary people into extraordinary situations that demand incredible resilience, resourcefulness, and courage. Right, and it's not just about the soldiers, but also about the impact on the broader community and the nation. You've got families torn apart, communities destroyed, and an entire nation under duress. It's almost like a ripple effect. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, indeed. The ripple effect is profound and far-reaching. For instance, consider the psychological trauma inflicted on Oleksandr's loved ones, particularly his young son. This is a generational trauma that can persist long after the actual conflict has ended. And on a national level, the economic, infrastructural, and societal damage can take decades to recover from. And then there's the political dimension to this. Ukraine's plea for Western help, the questions about Russia's military intentions, the prisoner swaps. It's quite a geopolitical quagmire. What's your take on this, Linda? 
War invariably leads to a complex web of political implications. Ukraine's dependence on Western aid, for instance, highlights the role of international alliances and foreign aid in warfare. It also raises questions about the effectiveness of diplomatic negotiations and sanctions in deterring aggressive actions by nations like Russia. Moreover, it's interesting to consider whether the choices made by political and military leaders truly reflect the best interests of the individuals on the ground. Definitely. And speaking of choices, how sustainable is this resilience and heroism we see in Oleksandr and his fellow soldiers? Can a nation under siege keep up this fight indefinitely? That's a tough one, Mark. While individuals and nations are capable of remarkable resilience in the face of adversity, there are limits. Prolonged exposure to stress and trauma can lead to burnout and a host of mental health issues, not to mention the strain on resources and infrastructure in a nation under constant attack. The challenge lies in turning the tide of the conflict, securing peace, and building a sustainable future. But as Oleksandr's story underscores, the path to peace is often fraught with agonizing decisions and sacrifices. A sobering thought indeed. It really underscores the urgent need for global peace and security. Thanks for your insights, Linda. Story number four. Chinese companies have been slaughtering millions of donkeys in Africa for their hides, which are processed into gelatin for traditional medicine and beauty products in China. The demand for gelatin has led to a sharp decline in donkey populations in African countries, prompting the African Union to ban donkey skin exports. Rural households in Africa rely on donkeys for transportation and agriculture, making the trade unsustainable. China's exploitation of Africa's natural resources has come under increasing criticism in recent years. According to the New York Times, Is it just me, Linda, or are we seeing a scary pattern of overexploitation of resources worldwide? Now it seems even donkeys aren't safe. I think you're spot on, Mark. It's a deeply concerning issue. And it's not just about the donkeys. It's about the impact on the communities that depend on them. The overharvesting has left a void in agriculture and transportation in Africa. This exploitation is directly hitting the lower income sections hard. It's distressing to see that the demand for luxury goods in affluent societies is causing such an upheaval in the lives of those who are just trying to get by. Yes, and unfortunately, this is not an isolated case. We've seen similar patterns with deforestation in the Amazon and overfishing in various parts of the world. It's a vicious cycle of demand and supply that seems to disregard the socioeconomic and ecological consequences. Right you are, Linda. And it's not like we're not aware of these issues. Yet it's shocking how slow the response has been from international bodies and governments. This recent ban by the African Union is a good step. But why did it have to take such a crisis for them to step in? That's a valid point, Mark. But it's also a complex issue. Balancing the pressure from commercial entities and addressing ecological and societal needs is a tough act. While the ban is indeed a step in the right direction, it's clear that we need more proactive measures. Perhaps stricter regulations and stricter law enforcement might help. The question also is, how do we promote sustainable practices that don't exploit, but rather conserve our resources? Couldn't agree more, Linda. And it's not just about laws and regulations. It's about instilling a sense of responsibility in corporations and consumers alike. We all have a role to play in this. After all, it's our planet, and we need to take care of it for future generations. Yes, Mark. 
It's about creating a culture of sustainability and empathy, where we value all life and all resources, and understand the profound impact our actions can have on the world around us. Story number five. In a report from CNN, street magician Paul Carpenter used AI to create fake audio of President Biden for a robocall sent to New Hampshire voters. He was hired by a political consultant working for the campaign of Reverend Dean Phillips. The robocall urged Democrats to skip voting in the primary. Carpenter claims he didn't know how the audio would be used and feels heartbroken about potentially influencing voters. The incident has sparked law enforcement investigations and concerns about the impact of AI on American politics. Phillips's campaign has distanced itself from the consultant involved in the robocall. Carpenter, who has no fixed address and has never voted, said he was introduced to the consultant on the street in New Orleans. He has provided evidence to support his account. The use of AI to imitate a U.S. president in a voter suppression effort has raised alarms among political circles. Carpenter, who has performed magic tricks and done AI voice imitation projects before, said he didn't realize the political implications of his work. Law enforcement officials are closely monitoring the incident to determine if a federal crime was committed. Biden's campaign has emphasized the importance of addressing disinformation aimed at undermining free and fair elections. Carpenter said he feels duped and used by the consultant involved in the robocall. Did you believe this, Linda? A street magician using AI to create an imitation of President Biden's voice for a robocall. It's mind-blowing, to say the least. It's fascinating how technology has advanced to this point. But it's also quite alarming. The incident speaks volumes about the power of AI and how it can be misused. It's worrisome that these technologies are becoming easily accessible, and the potential for manipulation is sky-high. Yes. The question here is, where do we draw the line? While AI has the potential to revolutionize how we live and work, it's clear that it can also be used to deceive and manipulate public opinion, particularly in politics. And what concerns me is the speed at which these AI-generated deepfakes can be produced. Carpenter mentioned it only takes 5 minutes, 10 tops, to generate the audio. This speed and ease of creation make it a perfect tool for misinformation campaigns. Well, that's... unsettling, to say the least. But this also brings up another issue, and that's the responsibility of those who have access to these technologies. Carpenter claims he didn't know how the audio would be used, but should he have asked more questions? That's a valid point, Mark. The ethical implications are vast. As we continue to develop and use AI, it's crucial that we consider the potential harm and misuse of these technologies. We need clear guidelines and regulations to prevent incidents like this in the future. Couldn't agree more, Linda. It's time we take a hard look at how we're dealing with these advancements in technology. The last thing we want is to have our democratic processes undermined by the very tools that could help enhance them. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.